The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Thank God that game is finally over. What an embarrassment. It's Davo's dish here on Clubhouse Conversation as the Royals see another route at Kauffman Stadium at the hands of the boys from the Motor City is a sad stat. The Royals have now been outscored by Detroit in the last seven games at Kauffman Stadium. What do you think that score has been? Total score in the last seven games at Kauffman Stadium between the Royals and Tigers. The Royals have been outscored by 40. 63 to 23. The Royals have been outscored by 40 runs in the last seven games at Kauffman Stadium against Detroit. 63 to 23. It's just it's just not the way to show you're going to compete for the division. And, and deep down, we probably all know that it's a long shot. The Royals are going to win the AL Central. But as I keep saying, you can't concede that quite yet. I did concede it earlier this year when the Royals were, what, six and a half, seven games back. And Detroit was, you know, hot as blazes and the Royals were kind of free falling. And I will concede it if they get swept in this series. I mean, if you fall eight and a half back at the break with Detroit having three less games and a chance to make it ten, obviously you're out at that point. But we're a long ways from that. You know, it's it's one game. The Royals have to at least split the series, obviously, to go into the break back four and a half where you're at least within striking distance. You cannot afford to lose three out of four or get swept, period. And this is not the way to start the series. It's just, you know, almost like more of the same thing. The Royals now drop to three and six on the year against Detroit. At home, they're 0-4. 0-4 at Kauffman Stadium, which goes along with the 63-23 to in the last seven games played at the K. The Royals were out hit 19 to 9, outscored 16 to 4 tonight. I mean, it's just a game, guys. It's one game. We talk about series here, but it's just disheartening to continually at home this year just get completely battered by Detroit. You know, it, it's just not the look you wanted to have. So let's go through just a few things I wanted to talk about from this game. Because honestly, is there really much to talk about? okay there is a few things we'll talk about them here number one billy butler and eric hosmer both hit home runs i'm sure that's the same time that's happened in the same game this year haven't checked that but i'm sure it is billy butler and eric hosmer both hit home runs good to see uh you know billy's was somewhat meaningful at the time got the royals back to within a few was no back to within four at that time, right? Was it four or five? Who cares? There's so many runs scored tonight. Whatever. <laughs> Hosmer's was kind of a meaningless as far as the game went, but it's good to see it happen. You can't, you know, you still play the nine innings. Good to see both Eric and Billy Homer. That's a good thing. You know, you got to look for positives. Of course, the two bad things tonight were Jeremy Guthrie didn't have it for a second straight outing. He goes four innings, eight runs allowed on eight hits, all earned. Walked three, struck out two. You could tell Guthrie just didn't have his good stuff tonight. He looked almost beat down. They, they, you know, I don't know if it was mentally or tired or fatigue, but he was trying more of the sidearm, more of the delay, the hitch and delay thing, especially the pitch right before Torrey Hunter when he kind of threw that 60-mile-an-hour curveball, and then Torrey took the 92-mile-an-hour fastball way out. I mean, it, just, it was almost like he knew he didn't have it tonight. He was trying to be creative and just grind his way through it. And Guthrie has done that plenty of times this year and throughout his career. So I'm not worried in the least about Jeremy Guthrie. I'm really not. His ERA does spike to four, five, six, but if you're looking at it realistically for Jeremy Guthrie, and I'm sure he would tell you the same thing, his ERA is probably going to be in the upper threes, low fours if he's having a good year. That's just the kind of pitcher he is at the stage of his career. 
There's nothing wrong with that. That's what Jeremy Guthrie is signed to do. Give the team innings, keep them in games, and keep that ERA in the upper threes, low fours, while giving them innings. He can still easily do that. He's had a great year until the last couple of outings. And this is all part of reverting back to the mean. We talk about it all the time when Ventura and Vargas were sitting in the low twos. We said they were going to get lit up pretty soon. It's, just, it's, part, it's baseball. It's part of getting back to the mean. And Guthrie's going to have some outings like this. He'll probably have one or two more outings like this in the second half. It's just going to happen. Guthrie, though, the all-star break comes at a good time for him as he can now get a nice nine or ten days off until his next start and regroup. So I imagine he'll probably be slotted fourth in the second half rotation. I would assume it would be Shields, Duffy, Ventura, Guthrie, and Vargas because if you put a Vargas fifth, you allow him an extra few days to come back from this appendix thing. So I'm assuming Guthrie won't pitch again until whatever against the White Sox, I guess, would be in that second series after the All-Star break. Number three tonight, Raul Abanez. I love you, Raul. I don't want to see it end like this, and I don't want to see you tarnish the awesome reputation you have, the good memories. It's time to go, man. Oh, for his last 22, an error in the outfield, which looked pitiful. Another play that easily could have been made by a plus outfielder over his head that was two or three steps over his head. He just doesn't, I mean... We talked about it last night, the sliding catch he made. People are like, oh, what great defense. Again, it's because he has no range. Let's not, you know, it's, it, that's what a uh, totally unrelated topic, but that's kind of what I have a gripe about with gold gloves, as you might say, oh, well, he had less errors. J.J. Hardy was more steady than Escobar. Well, Escobar gets to way more balls than Hardy will, and as a result may have some throws that turn into errors from trying to force a close play. You know, so it's one of those things where you have to look at it with your eyes because defensive UZR and range factor stats, I don't trust them all. I mean, these people that try to say Billy Butler's an above average or average major league first baseman when he hasn't played there in like four years. And when you see him play there a couple times a year, it looks awful out there. I mean, these people that try to argue that it's just, there's no basis for it. So kind of the same thing, just a different topic there. But the point being Raul Abanez, it's time for him to go. He should not be on this team tomorrow. I'm sorry. Nori Aoki is ready to come back or at least damn close. I would rather have Aoki out there right now than Abanez. You've got no more time to toy around until after the All-Star break. If you're going to keep Abanez on the roster, fine, but he better not be starting tomorrow night. I know Gordon's out, but you've got to have Kane out there, you've got to have Dyson out there, and you've got to have Aoki. And the only way to do that is to DFA Abanez because you're not going to move Valencia or Cologne out the roster. So I think the Royals need to make this move tomorrow. They cannot afford to wait until after the All-Star break. What are you waiting for with Abanez? I mean, the guy hasn't hit all year. He didn't hit the second half of last year. As you cannot afford, you can say, oh, it's only three more days, and that'll, that'll get us Gordon back, and maybe Raul can put it together in the second half in a less of a role. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have it. He's not going to put it together. It, and you can't afford to give it. Even if he is, you can't afford to give him that chance right now. You've got razor-thin margin for error. We, we use that term every night. That's what the Royals have right now. Abanez cannot be out there. I love Raul. I hate having to say that. I, I mean, I, but it, we got to be realistic here, guys. We all want the Royals to win. And it, it does Abanez no good throwing him out there either. I'm sure deep down he's having major doubts whether he's going to make it, whether he's going to play anymore. I'm sure he knows that. He's not dumb. So let's get him out by tomorrow. So here's the deal. Abanez needs to be DFA'd tonight. Noria Oki activated before tomorrow. Has to be done. Number two, Lewis Coleman obviously down. I don't know what happened to Lewis Coleman. His ERA is now sitting at 7.59 after allowing four runs on five hits, a walk in two Ks, and an inning in two-thirds. Also allowed Guthrie's trended runners to score, so really it was more than that. But 
well, not more than that. They charged a Guthrie, but you get the point. He lets more guys come in. But, I mean, Coleman's got to go, obviously, just for pitch count, and he can go back down. Wilking Rodriguez is who I would go to. You don't need, in my opinion, another lefty right now. You've already got Bueno and Downs out there. Another inspiring arm is Downs. I don't you know. Whatever. I mean, I, the thing about Downs, like I kept saying, it, like I said about Abanez, if you use them correctly, they still might be good. If Abanez is starting one game a week and pinch hitting occasionally, maybe you can, you can carry him, maybe. But the Royals don't have that luxury to carry a guy like that in their bench right now. And with Downs, it's fine if he pitches just against lefties, but Ned's been pitching him against a lot of righties. Now, granted, most of these were in blowouts, and tonight I'm fine with it. Who cares? The Royals needed some innings and outs out of their non you know, A and B relievers. You don't want to use Crow and Herrera and Davis and Holland tonight. So I'm okay with it tonight. Just saying in general that that can't be happening where Downs is facing right-handed bitters. So I would I would bring up Wilking Rodriguez. I'll probably bring up Tim Collins is my guess. But my two moves tonight, if I'm GM, that need to be done. Abanez DFA'd definitely for Aoki. Lewis Coleman down for Wilking Rodriguez. Those are my two moves right now if I'm GM. My guess is... The Abanez things doesn't happen. I think it should. But I, you know what? Though I think it might. I would be pretty surprised if Aoki's not leading off tomorrow and playing for the Royals tomorrow night. We'll see. And I do expect Coleman to go down, but I think they'll probably call up Collins because he has been pitching a little bit better down in Omaha. But I'd still go looking Rodriguez. So let's preview the next three games of the series. Obviously, the Royals cannot go 0-2 to start this series. Tomorrow's a must-win. And, I, and I've used that term now. It's probably the fifth time I've used it. I'm aware of that. I'm aware again. You can remind me if you'd like. People do via email or on Twitter sometimes. I'm aware that I, maybe I toss around that term a little bit too much. Maybe must-wins are reserved for August and September, but not really. Not against the Tigers. Not when you're now five and a half back. You're playing without Gordon and Vargas. Your momentum is being drained out of you. You're, you're getting outscored by 40 freaking runs the last seven times you've played the Tigers at Kauffman Stadium, which means you're losing by seven and two, seven and a quarter runs every time out the last seven games against the Tigers at the K. I mean... You got to win. Animal Sanchez, you have not hit. They've got to win the game tomorrow night. Load them up with lefties. Get the slap hitters to make it ugly. Get Aoki and Dyson in there. Find a way to get it done against Sanchez. You can. It's, it's about time. You got to beat him at some point. Danny Duffy's going. Duffy needs to go six to seven innings, two run ball. We're going to have to hold him to a higher standard than normal. Normally, I would say three run ball, especially against the Tigers. But we're getting to the point where if you're going to be a playoff team and you're going to compete, you're going to hang in there, you're going to start playing like it. Period. So I'm going to hold you to a higher standard. The Royals have to win that game tomorrow. Must win. If they don't win tomorrow, well, at best, you're splitting, and you're pretty much losing three out of four at best at that point because you've got Shields against Porcello. The Royals probably win on Saturday. But Verlander against Channer Saunders. John Lamb's not quite ready. He's a day off, so you can't throw Lamb out there. So Lamb's not going to make that start. I know I'd love to have him do it too, but it's probably going to be Verlander against Channer Saunders. So... I don't like our chances on Sunday. So let's get the game tomorrow. Get the game tomorrow, and you've got a decent chance of getting the split, which is, again, not what the Royals want. It's, it's, again, one game off where you want them to be, which has kind of been the theme over the first half of the season where they're probably four or five games away right now from where they want to be. But got to at least make lemons, lemonade out of lemons, whatever the hell the phrase is. <laughs> we'll talk to you again tomorrow late after the game. Be out there at the K. Hope to see you as well. Go Royals. Have a good night.